Shri Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai Gaur Pakta Brinda Ki Jai Hari Morning Got the Madanga, huh? Good More practice <laughs> Good So It's nice to be with you this morning And um We'll continue with our discussion of the, the Brahma Mohan Leela, giving a kind of a brief overview here in our classes. We heard yesterday how Krishna had some idea in his mind that caused him to change the course of his normal day. Normally he would be rising up and milking the cows and taking breakfast and um, all of his friends would be arriving for that. Um, But on this day he got up early and taking the permission of his mother he went out and called all the boys. Balaram sent his um, message to him. Mm. Um, Encouraging him to do whatever he was, he was going to do, what he was excited about on this day. And the plan was, of course, to leave before breakfast. Breakfast is a big event, of course, in the Krishna Leela. And, and uh, Shiradika and her assistants are involved in heading up the cooking every morning for Krishna and his friends. And so to skip breakfast is, was a big event. And lunches were packed, breakfasts, <laughs> brunches were packed and so forth. And um, assembling here, we hear a description now, as they leave the compound, hmm, calves and all, tenai vasakham pratuka sahasra 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 Swan Swan Sahas Ro Pari Sankayan Bitan Vatsan Puraskritya Vinirayo Muda Krishna Vatsai Rasankyatayar Yuti Kritya Svavastakan Vatsakan Charayan Torba Lilabhir Vijharus Tattu Tatraha. This is just the beginning of the description of how they're, as I say, leaving the compound and entering into the the forest. This is followed by a number of verses describing their characteristic activities in the forest, which Sukadeva will then reflect back upon in in two verses in in wonder, in sacred wonder, mm. amazement. <clears throat> so here it's described <laughs> that at that time, Tene Vasakam Prituka Sahasrasaha, thousands of hundreds of thousands, it, uh, unlimited it means, really, uh, cowherd boys assembled, uh, arriving from their respective homes in Brajbhumi. And they are described some extent. Snigda susig vetu vishana venava. 
the very affectionate and very beautiful in appearance. And they were accompanied by sticks for herding cows and horns, buffalo horns, and flutes. These are the typical (laughs) paraphernalia of the herdsmen. And along with uh, the boys came also thousands and thousands, Sahasrupari Sankyan Vitam, Sankyayan Vitam, unlimited groups of calves. Hmm. And in this way, calves in front, they began to enter into the forest. So, the idea here, in one sense, of course, is to try to take us out of our our mind. We know that uh, Brajabhumi is a is described uh, geographically to have certain limitations. We are also told that we should not think of the Dham um, as a geographical. Uh, material location that has limits. So the measurements, the distance, if you will, from place to place within the Dham, this is all in the context of uh, Leela, and uh, the distances aren't, uh, even though maybe described in Yojanas or something like that, uh, kilometers, they're not really... Uh, kilometers. It's, it's, it's again. For the, it's a drama. For so, for the sake of of Leela. Once I was walking with Prabhupada in Vrindavan, and um, and we had been going on Parikram to circumambulate the Dham or to go and visit various sacred places where Krishna performed this pastime or that pastime, as is the custom, and to go from the Krishna Balaram Temple where we were staying, for example, to Radha Kund. One had to take a bus and return back, and it was a it was a lengthy you know trip. Hmm? Um, one that uh, that you wouldn't been able to have been able to easily do, walking to Radhakund and, and you know for lunch and back, <laughs> something like that. So one of my godbrothers asked Prabhupada about it. He said it because and here in Krishna Leela, Krishna's going from the this place to that place and so forth, and uh, it takes a long time to go to those places. <laughs> so in this way, the material conception was coming in his, his mind, and Prabhupada gave a, a nice answer. He said that Vrindavan is like a lotus, hmm? and he opened his hand and pointing to his fingers uh, as if to represent the different petals, and the petals representing different places, Radhakund and Barsana, uh, Gokul, Mahavan, Nandagram, and so forth, the haunts of Krishna and Balaram, hmm? where they would uh, go from from day to day and so forth, and in the night as well. And he said, when Krishna wants to go from one petal to another, the lotus closes up like this, hmm? and then it opens up again, something like this. So there's actually a description like this, I believe, perhaps in Gopal Champu. Hmm? Uh, as well. Uh, so this is to try to help us 
have a spiritual idea about all of these things. One of my godbrothers once did a calculation as to the size of Vrindavan and the number of cows that Nanda Maharaj is said to have, 900,000 cows in his herd. And then he concluded that there wasn't enough room for 900,000 cows in Vrindavan. And he was quick to report that to Prabhupada. <laughs> We've got a problem here. <laughs> and Prabhupada said, you read too much. <laughs> Something like that. So, <laughs> so it's a special kind of reading that we have to do in good association and approach the texts in a particular way and understand how they're written with a purpose in mind. The purpose here in Bhagavatam in the 10th canto, of course, is to showcase these various uh, sentiments here, the sentiments of Sambandhanuga, Vatsalya, Dasya, and Sakya in particular. That's what the book is about. And so some poetic licenses there. Uh, on, on the one hand, different numbers are used, um, for making a point, uh, and so on. They're not to be taken literally. At the same time, the leela is to be taken literally and that it is an ontological, uh, super, whatever, subjective reality to be entered into, to, to, to live within, and so forth, and never to come out of. Going there, one never comes back. This is a beautiful scene that we hear. This is, of course, calf herding, but it, it, Krishna will graduate into cow herding as we turn into the, as we go through these chapters. This is his Kumar Leela. This is actually the end of his Kumar Leela. Jiva Goswami sees it really as the end and the beginning of his Poganda Leela, Champu. And this is the Leela that is so, uh, the age, I should say, it's so relevant to uh, Sakirasa. That is further played out, and he enters into Kishore age as well in the 15th chapter, which follows these. This, this is the 12th, 13th, and 14th chapter, the Brahmavimohan Lila. Then there's the killing of Janakasura, beautiful chapter 15. Krishna is fully in the Pog. pog. The, he's in the beginning of the Poganda age, the end of the Kumar. Each of these ages, as I said, has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there are different characteristics of those ages as Krishna's growing. This, at the end of the Kumar age, he's trying to put his own clothes on and and tie his own dhoti and so forth without his mother's help. And, of course, it, when he, if he fails to some extent, he becomes very frustrated and still won't take her help and puts it on incompletely, wrongly, and, uh, and so forth. Here we'll hear as we go on in the description... The mothers of the boys carefully decorated all of them, but they, they didn't care so much for their own decora- the decorations of the mothers. They wanted to decorate themselves, and so readily they would do so by taking from the minerals and whatnot of the forest and painting their faces and so forth. And they found more value in that than the gold and diamond earrings and, uh, and jewelry and so forth that their uh, mothers decorated them with. So they're breaking away here from their parents, and this is a great cause of concern for Nanda and Yashoda in particular. This calf herding is a kind of a concession that they're just kind of just beginning to cave in to the inevitability hmm, of their sons having a life of his own, so to speak, and for pursuing his dharma, which is that of of a, of a cow herder. So at this age, he, he, he likes to hang out with his father and uh, 
and, uh, and pretend to herd the cows and so on and so forth. And, and in the context of doing so, of course, he may wander off into the forest and Mother Yasoda will have heart palpitations. Where is he? And, uh, and so on. Uh, that's the Krishna's, of course, she used to tie a, a little like belt around him with a, with a bell on it hmm? so that when he was small and crawling, she could hear the bell and know that he was in the vicinity. And, but one, of course, once he starts running and playing with cows and calves and so forth, that uh, bell can't be heard that far. So uh, he ends up in the forest and it's a cause of concern for her and and so there's considerable discussion, as you can imagine, around the dinner table and afterwards with Nanda Maharaj and other elders. Uh, and, of course, the, the other elders the, who are also in Batsali Rasa, like we have the brothers of Nanda Maharaj and their wives and so forth, who have a, 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 a relationship as uncles and aunts of Krishna. They, as Krishna goes in this direction towards being a calf herder and a cow herder, then he, he, wanting to get away from his parents, hmm, so to speak, and their protectiveness and over uh, overprotectiveness that's overbearing to him, then he starts to make more meaningful relationships with uncles and aunts who are happy to have his company and will deal with him a little differently than his parents. And, and um, they're happy to... Ha- have him in their company, and they're glad to say, yes, you should be a calf herder, you should be a cow herder, uh, and so on. So they start to perceive his parents' new affinity for other relatives, and they seem to like to spend more time with them than with his parents, and so forth. So they ultimately, of course, concede and um, grant him the permission to herd cow- calves, not cows, but calves, Hmm? So here, he's a calf herder, hmm? and um, and all the other boys are assembled with him, and and of course there's no limit to the numbers of them. How many calves does Krishna have? How many groups of calves? Hmm? And within them, how many calves? And how many friends? And so forth. And the idea here is that there's there's room for more. There's there's no limits there. These, um, it's considered, as I said, in Dham Apara, to think of the Dham to have to be limited by geographical um, measurements. Um, the Dham, Krishna's abode, Golok, this is the, the Braj, Braj is the center within Golok, which is also compared to like, like a lotus inside of a square that's called Sveta Deep, the greater area, Golok, surrounding Gokul, is slightly different. There you have some Aishvarya. Hmm? Krishna is surrounded by the Vedas there, and uh, there's Swakya and so forth. Um, married life, married type of leelas, Radha and Krishna married. Some, uh, maybe the, the Nimbarka Sampradaya have some interest in that. Hmm? But for Gaudiya Sampradaya, at the very center of this uh, Golok, which is called Gokul, is the concern. Hmm? And it is the most affectionate place. These different planes are differentiated, as I say, not by miles, but 
by affection, from Brahman to Vaikuntha to Goloka to the Gokul. The distance is, is feeling and sentiment. Hmm? In Brahman, we have no rasa. Hmm? No rasa from the, from, the Vaidhi, from, from the Gaudi perspective is no life. Therefore, they call it some kind of, Vaishna, some kind of spiritual uh, suicide. Hmm? No opportunity for uh, self-expression in relation to Bhagwan, expressing one's, one's desire to please him. There's no, there's no opportunity for that in Brahman. No rasa. Hmm? No uh, rasa. Rasa is said to be Brahman in the Taitreya Upanishad. In the Bali or the chapter of Taitreya about Ananda, hmm? it culminates in this idea, rasovai saha, and Brahman is is rasa. And of course, rasa requires, rasa requires two. Hmm? So in Brahman, there's there's, there's no other. It, so it appears. If we go there from there to Vaikuntha, then we have the sentiments of Shanta, hmm? Dasya, and one half of Sakya. Hmm? Just like if a, if a servant, or just like a disciple, a sapo hat may have, is, a, is, a, is in a servant, serving relationship to the master who is the guru, but it can have half of friendship. It can have the whole of friendship because friendship in the full face uh, requires equality. It's the characteristic of friendship, equality. In Sakiras, in the Brajalila, the devotees, the the cowherds, they feel that Krishna is equal with them. There is no question of his being superior. They like him, they love him, but he's not superior in any way. And sometimes, characteristic of Sakura, sometimes they serve him, sometimes he serves them. Hmm? Sakuras is characterized primarily by Pranai, Vishvamba and Pranai. Um, this has its application in Madhurya Ras also, not in Vatsalya Ras, not in Dasya Ras. Hmm? Pranai is the kind of, kind of equality hmm, that can be forged in friendship and in romantic love that can't be there in servant and master relationship or in parental uh, love. Um, and this Radha Krishna Pranai, we find the term in the description of Radha and Krishna. This is, of course, in, in Madhurya Ras. There the term is being used very specifically in terms of Mahabhava and the melting of the, of the union of the two of Radha and Krishna. Um, but in a more general sense, pranay and sakiras means this kind of familiarity, this kind of, I don't recognize any difference between your body and mine. Like I've said before, if you're walking in the public and you touch someone accidentally, then you step back and say, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Hmm. But if someone loves you, puts their foot on your head, uh, this is not a problem. You don't see any. You've extended by love your own identification, bodily identification, to include their body as well. Hmm? So this kind of intimacy we find in Sakiras, but in Vaikuntha, of course, only half of that is there. And in the relationship between the guru and the disciple, there can be some friendship, but but only half a relationship of 
friendship. That means we can be friendly enough to feel at home and ask questions and not be at such a distance that, that I'm afraid to even ask questions. That'll be a problem. Hmm? As I've said before, we should come before the guru, sit, and doubt. Hmm? But voice the doubts is the idea. Voice the doubts. Ask the questions. Hmm? Sometimes they, if the guru is intimidating us not to ask questions, he may not know the answer. That may be a problem. Hmm? Um, or he may not be willing to say, I don't know. That may also be beautiful. Hmm? in the eyes of the disciple. That would be charming also. He doesn't know. And then they laugh and think, that's, that's also beautiful. Hmm. He doesn't have to know everything. And neither is it possible to know everything. Hmm. Even for that matter, some gurus will specialize in one thing, some will specialize in another. We find that you know, Sanatans specialized in a particular way, Sri Jiva in another way, Rupa Goswami in another way, Nityananda Prabhu in another way. Hmm. Ah, oh, we should be so fortunate to have the sangha of so many gurus. Hmm? We could try to get some semblance of experience of, of the whole as they are tasting the, fat, the, the beautiful and, and, and experiencing the, the, the beautiful, uh, how do you say, um, different um, facets of the jewel. Um, you turn it this way and that way, it would be seen differently. So... Uh, such are the possibilities in Krishna. Nanurag, he's always fresh at every moment. Hmm? So, from Vaikuntha, then, it's, it, it, as I've often said, it appears to be getting smaller because in the material world, of course, there's an appearance of, um, of, of bigness, uh, so to speak, or space, um, a domain uh, which is all in our mind. We live in a very small world of our mind, and it's very, uh, it's very confined. It's very, un- it's very uncomfortable. It's very limited. Um, we are unreasonable, as I sometimes said, in that we expect other people to live within it and feel comfortable, and we impose that upon them with our unsolicited advice. Often, uh, <laughs> not always met with. <laughs> with much favorable uh, uh, reception and so forth, but it's a mean place, material existence. There's no, no rasa here. Hmm? Jiva Goswami says, if anything, it's it's disgust. Vibhatsa is one of the seven secondary rasas that we try to taste, and the result is we we it, we become repelled. Hmm? Listen to the, your favorite song enough times, and you'll never want to hear it again. <laughs> Such is the nature of uh, of our experience here. So, to go from uh, such a, a plane to where everyone is taking, to no taking, hmm? the end of exploitation, uh, this, that is beginning of peace and so forth, and shanti, 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 that can be happy comparatively. Hmm? but there's no rasa in Brahman. Hmm? Therefore, Rupa Goswami has tried to help us understand that by saying, if you could take Brahmananda, the Ananda of Brahman, and multiply it a trillion fold, it would not compare to a tiny atomic particle of the bliss of Prem. This is how, 
course, you can't put these things in numbers because the pleasure of Ananda, of Brahmananda, is unlimited. Hmm? Upanishads say something like, oh, the pleasure of this, uh, uh, use different examples, uh, is ten times this, and this being a king is ten times that, and living in heaven is ten times, hundred times living on earth, and living on this plane is a thousand times more happy and so forth, and then they come to Brahman and it stops there and says, and there it is unlimited. Hmm? And we Gaudiya people are kind of dividing up the unlimited and extending it and, and so forth. We say about Prem, the Prem Radhika, for example, hmm, that it is uh, one of its characteristics is that it is, it is full. Hmm? Full, complete, and simultaneously ever expanding. Hmm? We once were sitting on the veranda of Puja Patridhar Marsh, and he gave a beautiful talk. And one of the uh, devotees seated afterwards said, Oh, Guru Maharaj, we are co- completely uh, stunned to hear this. He said, he said, you are stoned. <laughs> it's an English term, of course. It means intoxicated. And they all laughed. And he said, petrified. They give it to stone. It's turning wood into rock. And petrified. And they said, yeah, that's, that's better or closer. <laughs> stoned. We, we've become like stunned. Stoned. In that sense. Petrified. Frozen. We are amazed. And another devotee voiced, we are completely satisfied. And he said, Completely? Is it possible? And he was really candid and, and innocent. And I didn't know that. That was. Is it possible? Hmm? Yeah. So, in his estimation, students of this subject, we are forever. Hmm? Krishna is a student of the subject himself, and Radha has become the teacher. Hmm? Bhakti has become the teacher, hmm? and we. Engage in bhakti for bhakti's own sake, for more bhakti. Hmm. So, so if we move from Brahman hmm, to Vaikuntha, in Brahman uh, it's unlimited happiness. And still, now what, what is happening is the happiness, the joy, the ananda is becoming condensed, something like that. So when you condense it, it looks smaller. Hmm. If you get a frozen orange juice or something, there, how many oranges are in there? Hmm? Right? You cannot say there are so many in there. It's condensed. And if you were just to take it straight like that, it would, you would have orange overload. Uh, citrus overdose. Hmm. So you have to add water and dilute it and so forth to be able to take advantage of that. Hmm? And then one little can will turn into a whole gallon of, of drinkable juice and so forth. So this idea is given something like this, that if you could condense the ananda of Brahman, then it's taking a shape. Hmm? Taking a shape. This is then Narayana. Hmm? And because of shape, and then we speak of Bhakuntas planets and with buildings and forms, it starts to sound smaller than Brahman. Hmm? And, and so the mind may tend to 
reject it because of our own experience of form, um, materially speaking, being a limitation. Hmm? We like to think that Krishna's form is human-like, but the word like is very important there. Hmm? It's human-like, but, but not subject to the same limitations of the human uh, form. <clears throat> so, but no, it's not smaller. It's actually bigger and, and bigger and more accommodating by the measure of affection. Hmm? Now we've come in touch with the very form of, of bliss, Narayan, and we can have a relationship with him and so forth. So from no rasa to shantarasa, the beatific vision of sitting and just taking in the form of Narayana. Hmm? Uh, and then and dasyarasa, hmm? active service, and one half of sakyarasa in Samipya. So it looks smaller in one sense, but it's bigger. It's bigger also because you can talk about it. You cannot talk about Brahman. You you have to be silent. There's nothing to say. It has no qualities. It has no form. It has no movement. You can only say what it doesn't have. You can only talk about what it's not. What can you say about it? It's, it, it cannot be described. Hmm? So it's less in the sense. Hmm? And Bhakuntam, Narayan is more. There's so much to be said about that. There's a sutra from the uh, Vedanta. What is that sutra? Ikshate um, na ashabdat. Ikshate na ashabdat. And Shankar translates it well that the, the nature of the absolute is that citing the Upanishads, words going there, return. Mind going there, returns. In other words, words and mind cannot confine it, cannot describe it. Hmm? So it, it makes us speechless. It stops us from thinking, something like that. The Gaudiya interpretation of the sutra, of course, is somewhat different. It is that the nature of the absolute is such that we cannot say enough about it. Hmm? We can never completely describe it by words, but there's much that we can say. We could, and there the example is given of Ananta of thousands of heads, and he's always talking about one aspect of one pastime, and can never completely, adequately, to his own satisfaction, describe that. Hmm? So, and in this way, I'm trying to explain that there's that the Baikunta is more. It may look smaller, but we think about it, it's actually more. And form, while it may limit, will also facilitate. Here we have a form. Then it's facilitating. Because if I didn't have the glass, then, or this form, then <laughs> I would, be, would not be able to drink. So, form of Narayana hmm, facilitates in so many ways, ultimately it facilitates affection, love, the appearance of another, a significant consciousness other, increases our prospect for Ananda, for loving. If we are a unit of Ananda, as the Vedanta describes, uh, uh, then if we're to fully experience our Potential for loving, another means loving, 
Hmm? Then arguably a consciousness other is required hmm, to repose the love in and have reciprocal dealings with. It's an argument for, for God. If we really look at the ananda aspect of the self, we can make a good argument that there, for it to have a full sense of meaning hmm, and prospect, potential, to realize that there must be another. The other cannot be a material form, hmm, one that's here today or gone t- tomorrow, but... Hmm, if we say a consciousness other. So we find that in Vaikuntha. And then so many faces of Narayan are there hmm, in Vaikuntha. And from Vaikuntha we go to Ayodhya, hmm, a special department. Hmm, because there we find that, that Ram has a father, has a mother. Narayan doesn't have a father or mother. That just doesn't make sense in Vaikuntha. Hmm. That makes no sense. We find that he has friends, like uh, Lakshman, intimate friends. Hmm? Um, this Ramlila is some extension of Vaikuntha, and it's really pointing to the, the prospect of, of Golok. Hmm? Where, because in, you can become like Hanuman of Ram, but not like the mother of Ram, hmm? even though he has a mother. Not like Sita. He took Ek, Patni, Rat, Ram, to have only one wife. Hmm? So he's not like Krishna, Lakshmi, Sahasra, Satasamrava, Sivimani. Hmm? And in Baikunta, there's one, there's only one Lakshmi for every Narayan form. But for Krishna, hmm, Lakshmi, Sahasra, Satasamrava, Sivimani. There's very special. There are thousands of Lakshmis, means gopis, and they're sambramasevyamano, endowed with a, with a very particular type of loving sentiment, prema madhurya, different than, than Lakshmi's feelings uh, for Narayan, different in scope, hmm? so much so that she wanted to taste it herself, of course, as the stories are there in the Puranas, Lakshmi's efforts to enter into the Rasalila and her uh, failure. Hmm? She could not give up her husband except another husband. Hmm? Uh, that was impossible for the chaste, chaste Lakshmi. So, this possibility is there. And friendship and parental love and so forth in Golok. So, greater possibility for love. Hmm? And therefore, it is larger by affection. Hmm? The more affection, the more space, the more accommodating, hmm? even when it looks smaller. And it needs to look small and be small for the sake of affection. That's also a requirement. Hmm? For intimacy, then, um, you need a, a quiet, smaller setting and... Of course, the, the the infinite nature of the Absolute has to somehow be masked or disguised in order to afford intimacy in relationship because if I'm sitting next to the infinite, I would have to sit back in and think, oh my God, I'm sitting next to God. Uh, I couldn't get close and sit on the same seat and so forth. So, so there's a philosophical necessity, so to speak, for the Leela to have a smallness in appearance for the infinite take on a finite-like experience. 
to facilitate uh, intimacy. Mm -hmm. But despite that appearance, the idea here is given. Mm -hmm. There are unlimited cows, uh, unlimited calves, unlimited friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, Krishna said to have, another sense, he said to have oh, 108 groups of cows. They're basically the four colors, red, black, white, and yellow. And 25 divisions of white types, yellow types, red types, and black type of cows. That's 100 cow, 100 groups. And then eight different groups of speckled ones and characterized also by different uh, shapes, like heads, like the shape of murdungas, like big here, and then it goes like this, and so forth. So 108 groups of cows, and he has 108 beads of, on a jeweled mala, hmm? rosary, chanting shamali, hmm? and uh, this... Uh, Pita, hmm. he calls one group, another group, and then those cows come and so forth. He's keeping track of them all. Hmm? It means that it implies that there are unlimited cows, unlimited calves, unlimited cowherds, unlimited gopis, gopas, and he knows every single one of them by name. He gave them their name. That is diksha, hmm? ultimately. Hmm? We would take Diksha again in the Leela. When gopis heard the flute, hmm? Krishna's flute sounds like, like words. Hmm? Yeah, the notes, there are messages in the notes. It's talking. He's talking through the flute. Hmm? Uh, There's <laughs> much to the mantra given to us by our guru. We have no idea all that is contained there. Hmm? Uh, what possibilities... So and he knows, as I say, he knows every single one of them. Hmm? He knew the cowherds and the calves, this Leela points out, so well that in their absence, which is coming up when Brahma steals them hmm, in the next chapter, that he could manifest forms that accurately represented them to the extent that the parents couldn't tell the difference. Hmm? that it wasn't their, actually their son. It means how well he knew them. Hmm? You ask, well, it seems like some people, you know, they're more outgoing, they get more attention and so forth. <laughs> oh, Krishna knows everyone. He knows every effort. And he can't be fooled by anyone. Hmm? Once Prabhupada was asked, Prabhupada, how come so many big devotees are falling down? He said, big devotees don't fall down. <laughs> so, what is big? Hmm? What is big? Yeah. Hmm? Love Krishna. That is big. Hmm? Exercise your heart. That is big. One time I was in Vrindavan and uh, in a rented house, sitting quietly and spending some, some weeks there. And one fellow came, a godbrother of mine. And he, he said, he said, Marge, I heard you were here. I, I came uh, to find you. I said, yeah, well, nice. Thanks you to, thank you for coming and so forth. He said, I have an idea. I want to share it with you. And he told me, he went on and on, how he was going to build a big, like, Disneyland in Vrindavan. I might have told you the story. 
the big Disneyland and all the pastimes where there were going to be an Agasur ride. You know, you go in and Agasur swallow, swallows you and you come out the top and, you know, <laughs> well, every pastime and so forth. And there's a huge, huge temple complex. He had this big idea. And he said, what do you think? You know, it's a big, big idea. I said, I know. I do not have such a big idea like that. I'm a very small person. I said, hmm? I said, I, my idea is very simple and very small. I'm sitting here only trying to build one small temple in my heart. That's my p- project. Then he looked at me and he got, he got the point I was making. Oh yeah, that's really more difficult <laughs> than <laughs> getting some architects and engineers and planning division and all this busy activity and so forth. Hmm? No, to make a temple in your heart, to change your heart. Hmm? What does it take for that? Does it take any money? Hmm? When your heart is changed, then you can burn money. Hmm? Yeah, you have to think about it. <laughs> then you can burn money. Hmm? Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur said once, I'm, I will throw money in the Ganges to spread Krishna consciousness. Hmm? How, how, the money is making everything move here. This is our power, right? Hmm? Uh, when you can just when you can burn it, yeah. of course we won't do that for because we want to spend it for Krishna. But Prabhupada would say, "I will take the money." And we have so many desires for Krishna consciousness hmm? to uh, to glorify Krishna and use the resources of the world and so forth. But <clears throat> point is, changing one heart, one's heart. That's a big thing. Hmm? And does it take much? takes a lot, actually, but it doesn't take any external facility. You have what you need if you have a human life and you have sadhusanga. Hmm? And you apply yourself and change your heart and you can come into such a big picture. So the, 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 you, there will be a, a seam hmm, in the world that will open up. Hmm? In this picture you will see. Akinchen Krishna Das Babaji Maharaj, one of the Prabhupada's godbrothers, wrote the Pujapad Sridharmarsh that in Nandagram, Sridharmarsh had the letter from him, in Nandagram, there, uh, at the place of Krishna's, Nandagram's house in Vrindavan, I was seated chanting and I saw the leela of Krishna and his friends and cows heading into the forest. Hmm? Cows in front and behind and so forth. And, and I called out to them, don't leave me. Hmm? And they gave me the signal to enter. Hmm? I found my place there. Hmm? He found his place in Sakirasa. The world opened up, hmm? so to speak, and, and he entered into that possibility. Hmm? So what is our idea of the world, what it's like? If we can, as I say, if we can understand I... Hmm? There were so many possibilities, the I, that is consciousness. So many possibilities are open to us. Now our hearts are like ice. The idea is to turn them into water. What is the difference? What can you do with ice and what can you do with water? There's a huge difference. In Madhavan, we make make fire out of water. From the river, we make electricity out of water. With ice, we can cool water. 
it's, it's, it's water you can bathe, water is life. So, so to melt, melt the heart, hmm? this is the idea, melt the constructs of the mind. The, what poss- we want to, based on the constructs of the mind and our sense of limitations, and so we, we look at the leela. Hmm? These ideas are meant to try to take us beyond it. They're unlimited cows, unlimited calves, and they fit within this number of so many miles and square square meters and and so on and so forth. Hmm? So from the center of that place, the whirl of the lotus of Golok, Gokul, all this 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 picture is coming to us. Hmm? This is a meditation. Hmm? If you have if you develop interest in this Sambandanuga Bhakti hmm? in Sakyarasa, then you will find here you is that is you want to do sadhana. Hmm? Here is your meditation. Hmm? Brahma will, he, he, when he begins his prayers, hmm? here I have his prayer. He says in the 14th chapter, he's reflecting back on this, this picture. Hmm? Um, uh, of course, it's a little developed from here in terms of the, the, the progression of the narrative. Krishna goes into the forest and they engage in their sports and so forth and this comes to Brahma's attention upon the killing of Agasura and that but that picnic lunch or brunch that this is all about hmm, involves Brahma coming in at the point where he sees Agasura has been killed and Krishna is holding the fruit and yogurt and rice in his his left hand it kind of comes seeping out between his his fingers, and decorated with different uh, minerals, different color minerals from the from the ground. Uh, he offers respect. He 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 gives a picture hmm, of the rupa in the Pogandali, just beginning of the Pogandalila, the ending of the of the of the Kumar Lila, hmm, of the calf herder. And this is this is what he sees. This is what Krishna gives him this darshan. Hmm? As I said, he appeared before him as, a, as in a Gyan Mudra, gave him a blessing at the time of initiation as the guru. Hmm? Guru has also another form. Hmm? Guru has a form in which he or she participates, has affinity for, pursues, uh, uh, a certain type of relationship with Krishna, like here in Sakyarasa. Kintu prabho ya priyevatasya sakshadaritena samasta shastre. First, he, he, Krishna came as guru and gave wisdom, gave the blessing to Brahma and so forth. Hmm? Now he's showing him another form. Hmm? Form of Leela, Bhangava. Rasa, so the guru has the form representing Krishna as the Godhead, giving us the teaching, and then he has the form in which he is in a relationship with Krishna and represents a particular type of um, love of Krishna. And this is what we want. If you want Krishna, you have to get love of Krishna. People ask, have you seen Krishna? We say, I don't know, I wasn't looking. I was looking for service to Krishna. Hmm? That's where he could be found. His service is the foundation of 
of love. Hmm? So Krishna's appearing to him now in another form. And it's somewhat uh, unrecognizable uh, to him. Similar, but as I said, but, but different. He's not sitting there in the, in the Gyan Mudra, but he's looking rather uh, uncivilized to such a civilized person as Brahma, so rule-oriented and uh, very Brahminical in his character <laughs> and so forth. And here is this jungle person, hmm? cowherd. Hmm? And uh, so he, but this is the form that Krishna said, you want Sakiras? Here's now my Rupa, hmm? my form. From the name comes Rupa and so many qualities and so forth. So here he, he gives a meditation. He describes his form with great earnestness and longing to attain a relationship with this particular form that he describes here. He says, Namudyate brava puse toridambaraya Gunjanbatangsa puripichalasan mukaya Banye swaje kavalanetra vishana venu Lakshmasri mudupade pachupanga jaya you want to practice, practice. If you have affinity for this kind of lila, you learn this verse, then you commit that to memory, then you envision all this, all that is described here. Hmm? He says, Namudyate, Namau, Idya, Te, Oh, he says, you are, he says, in, 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 you are most worshipable. He's saying, First, giving the tattva about Krishna. He's saying, you are most namo idyate. You are most worshipable. Means what? It means all forms of worship, all objects of worship that forms of worship correspond with are found in you. Hmm? He wants to distinguish him from Brahman. He wants to distinguish him from Paramatma. He wants to distinguish him from Narayan and all the forms of, that Narayan appears in and identify him as Swayam Bhagwan. This is what he's saying. You, you are the be-all and end-all of love. The perfect, you are the perfect object of love. My capacity, my, my potential for, for love uh, in friendliness can be fulfilled in you alone, not in anyone else. Namudyate Abhravapuse Tadit Tadit Ambaraya. He says, You, then he described his complexion. He said, He's not just, and form. So he, by saying, by describing his form, he's saying, this Brahman is not the perfect object of love. By describing his complexion and his ornaments, he's saying, Neither Paramatma, hmm? and it, there's a progression as we go forward. You see, he's saying, and not Narayan, either. Hmm? Brahman, Brahman doesn't have a form. Hmm? Um, uh, so he's saying, you have form. You're different from Paramatma. You have. Uh, um, Perhaps Sanatana Prabhu has said it, that the way he has described his complexion we distinguish from Paramatma. But Narayan has that kind of complexion. Maybe it's him. Hmm? No, he says, but that uh, 
you know, he, he has, uh, well, he's dark in complexion. Hmm? One thing he says about him, he's dark in complexion like a rain cloud. Rain cloud is dark, but it's also full of rain. Hmm? So, I mean, this is, rain cloud is coming in India, for example, at the end of the rainy se- the hot season. How welcome then. Vrindavan is one of the hottest places in the world. It's on the border of the Rajasthani Desert. Uh, so when the, when the rain clouds come, it's just so welcome. People up on the roofs dancing, and it's, it's going to rain. And, and, uh, uh, and the rain nourishes the, uh, the earth, the dry earth, and so forth. Hmm? And then there's that Chatak bird who said to only drink water from the cla- from the, it comes from the sky, won't drink the water from the ground. Devotees are compared like that. They have high, high ideals. Hmm? The bird needs to drink water, but if his, I guess he's a poetic bird. If, if, if the water has touched the ground, then he won't drink. Hmm? Rather, he'll die of thirst. Only if it comes from the cloud. So sometimes devotees are compared to this bird because they, have, they cannot take anything less. They cannot settle for anything less. Hmm? And they are in difficulty because th- th- what they want is not easy to get. Hmm? You could get out easy, drop off and get off in Baikuntha. Hmm? You could go there easily, but but by good association, hmm? then you will not be happy with that idea. Hmm? Gopukumar was unhappy in Baikuntha. That is mind-boggling. How he could be unhappy in Baikuntha, Narada could understand. Oh, you have a different destination. Hmm? You don't belong here. Hmm? You have just half friendship with Krishna. <laughs> That's not enough. You 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 need a full face of friendship with God. That's in another place. Hmm? So he gave him siksha in Baikuntha to go go beyond. Hmm? Yeah. So if we have good association, we'll get some interest in this, some slight interest in this. But how that little bit, you see, it's so powerful. Hmm? It, difficult then to give that idea up. Hmm? Even if we offer you Vaikuntha, what to speak of, if we offer you Brahman, what to speak of, we offer you even Vaikuntha. Hmm? You will say no. Hmm? Of course, you have to hear what it will be like there, and so and you, you will say no. Hmm? That means if you agree with me, hmm? you think, yeah, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it means you have had good association. Hmm? See how a little bit of that can change your life. You think I'm not going anywhere? I've made no progress. I, I, I don't know if I can, how I can go on. Where, where, and, but from. Another vantage point, one with the sadhus would think, oh, so I've got some affinity for this idea, high idea. Yeah, a, oh, so much is in place. Everything is in place now for your perfection. Hmm? They would think, just a matter of time. Yeah, there will be some ups and downs along the way, but uh, if this has become, by sadhu sangha, this idea now has become part of me. Hmm? When I think about it and I have to... Really, this is what I really want, that. I try to get away from it, even. 
It even happens. Of course, in a Leela, gopis, they tried to stop thinking about Krishna. Hmm? Right? He's just such a problem. Hmm? He's gone away to Dwarka, Mathura. Why are we thinking about him? Hmm? He's left us. We should stop thinking about him. They can't stop thinking, when they, even when they try. Yogis are trying to think about Krishna. Hmm? Gopis are trying to forget about Krishna. How absorbed are they in Krishna is the point. But this applies to sadhakas too. They try to forget about Krishna too, sometimes. Right? <laughs> they become frustrated and they, they feel they're not making any progress. They try to stop thinking, but they can't. They can stop for a little while, but then they meet some devotee. <laughs> it's difficult to get away. Hmm? Isn't it? We, we try sometimes, but again, we wake up one morning and it's on our mind. Hmm? We can't stop thinking of the devotees and we're separated from them. We've given that up. That was just something from my childhood. I've, I've grown up now. In a moment, I did that of, of madness. Hmm? Wasted so many years of my youth. Uh, hmm. I was once in, in Chicago at the Iskon Temple this many years ago, and um, the uh, devotees had gone out on Namsan Kirtan. And, they, and I was there in the lobby of the temple when they came back greeting them, and the leader of the party ran up and said, This guy followed us all the way back from the San Kirtan party, this, this like weird guy. He followed us back. Uh, you know, watch out or something like that. You know, so I said, "Oh, it's the guy walks in, and he sees me, and I see him, and we embrace one another." Hmm? I had, he was a godbrother of mine for many years ago, and all the devotees looked, "What's going on? Why Marge is you know embracing that homeless person?" <laughs> uh, and, and so forth. Then, in about a week, he became the leader of the Sankirtan party. <laughs> so you never know who you find out there. Uh, Right? We go out to preach to find some teacher, someone to help us. Wow. So, this is a testament, really, to the, the power of, of Sadhu Sangha. A little bit changed the course of our life. Hmm? That high ideal in place, that will determine us, really. And this is the central, central to the sadhana of Raga Bhakti, also. Because the, the idea is that I have some affinity for that kind of love of Krishna... Hmm? And everything then revolves around that, all my practice. And, and this idea is, is very central to the practice because it's, and it's so powerful. That's why it's central, because it's an idea that Krishna is very attracted to. This is what Krishna is about. This is what Krishna is made up of, those relationships hmm? with those kinds of devotees. If you want to become one of those types of devotees, that you're really interested in what makes Krishna tick, so to speak, rather than interested in liberation, I want to have a form like yours, hmm? I want to have opulence like yours, I want, to, I want things, I want to get away from things. Hmm? No, I want to, to be like the ones who love you and you love. That's to get his, you get his attention. Hmm? So it's very, just a little bit of this, gets you on the path in a beginning way, and it's very powerful and difficult to get off. Hmm? High-minded, high-ideal. So the chattak word is an example. Uh, even if the water is there, well, just it just fell just now. Hmm? No, it touched the ground. I will not take it. Something like this. Hmm? So the Krishna, dark 
form like the rain cloud, pregnant with soothing, cooling rains and so forth. It nourishes the earth hmm, from the burden of, he nourishes the earth from the burden of the Pritranaya Sadhanam, Vinashaya Chaduskritam. He relieves the earth of the burden by being the pillar of, of, of Dharma, example of the, uh, the, the ideal of how to live on the earth hmm, without taking. Hmm. And, and he gives nourishment to the devotees, feeling separation. Hmm. And he's dark, he's described here, but tadit, he's tadit ambaraya, he's wrapped in the yellow cloth. Hmm. Pujabhat Sridhamarsh like to say that the the inner meaning here is he's dark. He's, he means he's difficult to see. Difficult to see Krishna. Hmm? Difficult to see means difficult to understand. Difficult to access. Hmm? But because he's wrapped in a, in, a, in a golden garment, then he stands out. He can be seen. And that garland means the bhakti that... Radhika represents. Her color is golden. Hmm? So by bhakti, hmm? by, by, by the influence of hladini shakti, hmm? such light hmm? shine on the dark Krishna hmm? and we can know this is our goal, this is our ideal. Hmm? That is revealing his nature, hmm? all that he's about and so forth. So Brahma's praying like this, and describing, as I say, in a progression, hmm, how not only uh, uh, from the point of view of tattva, Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan, but how this particular form, he's, he is, he is, he's not Narayan. Well, Narayan has the same color complexion, but no, he's not Narayan. Why? Because he has all these other uh, ornaments. He's got Gunjava Tangsa, Paripicha, Satmukaya. Hmm? He, he is, he is de- decorated with what? Gunja, Gunja beads. Gunja beads is, is nice. That's not like a real valuable jewel that you would find in, in the store, a diamond or a coral or something like that. Just uh, little beads from the jungle. Hmm? And uh, Forest garland is described here. Hmm? Peacock feather, not a golden crown like Narayan, but with peacock. This is all these. He's making he, he's making insignificant things significant. He's finding meaning in insignificant things. Hmm? All the lower things that we look overlook. Hmm? You're attracted by the glare of some Aishvarya, something extraordinary. A, a devotee told me recently, I'm looking for miracles. Hmm? He said that there are miracles. I haven't seen, when I see the miracles, then, you know, I can, I can go forward. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, of course, you see a miracle, then how do you know? Maybe it's a hallucination. You, can't, you know, if God were, we said this the other day, we were talking, if God was to appear today, they say, if God's there, why doesn't he just appear, get it over with, hmm? and tell us? Because the fact of the matter, of course, he has appeared, <laughs> we're saying, and, and, and still some people don't recognize. And if he did, and it's a fact, 
if God were to appear today in the world, hmm, then 50% of the people or, or whatever uh, wouldn't, wouldn't accept it. They'd have reasons why he, and he broke the laws of nature and did some, you know, something like that. In nature of intelligence, of course, is when it goes to investigate something that transcends it, hmm? how can it shed light on it? It can't. It has to try to bring it down to its level hmm? in order to have any standing. Otherwise, it gets shut down. And we want to shut down the intellect. We want to use it to a point, to the point where we understand we need a transrational means for knowing hmm? comprehensively. The limits of the intellect has limits. Hmm? But as long as it remains active beyond its jurisdiction, it has, it's useful to us. We want to reason about Scripture and its implications and, and so on and so forth. But as I said, we have to use the head to soften our heart, use the head to find reasons to practice, not to find reasons not to practice. Hmm? We have to use intelligence and in how to serve in any given instance, not whether or not I should serve, hmm? where I should serve, under what conditions, and what association, and so forth. We can use like that. Hmm? But it has its jurisdiction, it has its limitations. When we want to exercise it beyond its limitations, well, it just doesn't go there. Hmm? But if we don't allow it to close down, then it, it tries to take that subject that's beyond its jurisdiction and bring it down to its level. And then it will find, it, it, it's very expert at that, finding faults and reasons why, um, you know, they have these skeptics shows and some of them always bringing people on to prove whether... Even if someone could do some magic, uh, you know, you, you could. There's any number of things you could come up with as to to, to, to deny it and, and turn it into something mundane. Intellect, the whole mental complex, is something like a vulture. Vultures flying in the sky, high, overlooking everything, and looking only for dead things. Hmm? Uh, it's thriving on a dead thing, something like that. Hmm? So the mind tries to... It's dead. It's only alive because of consciousness. It only has activity, movement, and so forth. So it, it tries to bring, bring things down to its level, its level and, and take the divinity out of divinity. That's inevitable. So it's a foolish argument. Why, why doesn't God appear today and, and, and just show us? And of course, the theists would say, well, he, in so many ways he's appeared. They're, they're, they're seeing because they're going about it in a, in a different way. Hmm? You have to approach on his, his terms. He's not going to appear in a court of uh, reason. Hmm? He's a, a no-show for that. Hmm? You know, you're going to debate whether he exists or not. Even the self isn't going to appear there. The Atma, but to speak of the Paramatma. Hmm? So, hmm. looking for miracles, and Krishna's saying, here, here just see, uh, if we look closely, everything is wonderful. Hmm? Even the simple things that we overlook, just the, the, the fallen feather of the, of the peacock, the minerals on the ground become as ornaments and so on and so forth. He's finding beauty, charm, magic hmm? in, in the ordinary. Hmm? Swayam Bhagavan means Krishna wanting to be himself, hmm? to God wanting to relax. 
wanting to, wanting, wanting to be, be close to people. You can't be God and be close to anybody. Hmm? So, to, to subordinate his godhood, so to speak. Hmm? This is what he's describing here. Hmm? He has in his hand, he has that rice and yogurt. This is very amazing to Brahma. Hmm? And, of course, he's putting it in the cowherd's mouths and then take, they're taking it out and they're sharing, tasting different things that their mothers have packed and, and other things that they've gathered from the forest. The cowherd will chew on something. This is good. Here, try it, Krishna. Hmm? Brahma's seeing this kind of activity. When he come, and he's thinking, what is this? These people are uncivilized. Hmm? And, and he has a flute. And he has a stick, and he has a buffalo horn, hmm? and he had very soft feet. Hmm? He has Lakshmasri Mrupade Pashupangajaya. He has very tender feet. Hmm? It is said that when Krishna embarks upon this leela hmm? to herd cows in the morning with all of his friends, that it's mentioned in Gopal Champu. That as he begins, as he gets the license from his parents to be a calf herder, hmm, and they're going to let him go that far, hmm, take the calves away from home into into the pasture and so forth, that he refuses to wear shoes. Hmm? Deva Goswami says he refuses to wear shoes which would have, which were made out of leather. Hmm? He says no, that will be offense to the cows. He wouldn't wear them. Hmm? So he's going soft, barefooted. How will the forest react to that? Hmm? The forest is, the, is now just coming to life. Krishna will be walking on us, on it, within, within, on the ground in the forest, leaving his footprints everywhere. Hmm? Shoe print, what's wrong? Footprint, that is another thing. <laughs> hmm? Get a better idea of the person. You can see the marks on the bottom of the foot and understand something about them. Hmm? So... Intimacy with earth through touches. And, and the earth, of course, the for, how can you go walk in the forest with barefoot? You're supposed to do that on Perkram, but <laughs> it's difficult. Hmm. It's, it's said, the, the forest is responding. So the cows go forward. They start, the calves, they start with their hooves, like making it all very soft, like a beach, practically. Hmm. And he walks with his tender feet on the earth, leaving his footprints. Mm, this son of Nanda Pashupa, mm, who is a cow herder by nature, this way Brahma has described him. Mm? This is this is a nice verse for I say mantra mayupasana. Mm? Like a mantra, you take the verse, you commit it to memory, you repeat it. You know every word, every syllable, every possible meaning of every word, and you envision Krishna standing like this. Mm? This is. Very central to Sakirasa. We we find this kind of feeling. The Sugadev will speak also. Hmm? So, uh, earlier on in 13th chapter, Sugadev will give another meditation. Hmm? And there he was, hmm? surrounded by the concentric circles of cowherds, himself in the center. Hmm? And he who is yad, he used the term yajabug, 
who, who eats sacrifice. The gods are watching. You know, Brahma's come in to see, and the broad gods are making a, uh, a exclamation: "What's happened here? The Agastur has been killed!" And and so forth. they're watching this thing. And he who is yagibug means who eats sacrifice means that in heaven, in 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 his more opulent manifestations, more godlike manifestations, those who know him religiously, he doesn't really eat food. He eats these sacrifices. It's the sacrifice that you do, and you eat mantras and uh, all this ritual and, and, and so forth. But and they're, they're looking. He who is, eats only sacrifice is actually eating food. And, and, and it's even food that's been in somebody else's mouth first. Hmm? This is characteristic of Sakiras. First they will taste it, then they will give it to Krishna. Hmm? One time in Los Angeles, Prabhupada came in the kitchen in New Dwarka to see what was being cooked and so forth. And we were all watching and so forth. And Prabhupada then, it's going to be a spoon. And we were, you're not supposed to do that, Prabhupada. <laughs> you taught us that you're not supposed to do that. You know? And he looked and laughed. He said, I can do it, but you cannot. And this is very characteristic of this particular sentiment. First, they will eat something, find something in the forest, they will taste it and offer it to Krishna. Hmm? And they're good at eating, too. Not only what their mothers packed for them, but their other ladies will be coming and bringing other things. Uh, and also, they'll be finding things in the forest and so forth. So, there's a lot of feasting in this um, Krishna Leela, as we know. Prabhupada also called it a kitchen religion at one point. So, the, Sukadev describes him beautifully. Uh, there's another beautiful verse. We may may come to it, and 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 he's marveling at this. Hmm? Well, the gods are they're bewildered to see what what kind of uh, manifestation of divinity is this? Who and and the and the real question is who are these people? Who are these cowards people that they can deal with him like this? What? How have they? got him under their control like this, uh, this, uh, this idea. Uh, we find this feeling in Vrindavan in, in, in Das Thakur also. Hmm? We, 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 give our, we, we, we pray our pranam to Gornatai, invoking the, 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 the poetry of Vrindavan Das. Hmm? Um, Thakur, the author of Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm? Um, uh, we also invoke the prayer of, of uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj, Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya, before the class. We, 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 when we say these prayers, what do we think of? Hmm? First we think, Vrindavan Das Thakur. I was once with one of my Gavadis, he was, he was a sannyasi, before I was a sannyasi, and he said... Um, he, you know, he, he, he said, Namo Mahabhadanaya Krishna Prema Pradaya Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Naune Gaurati Maha. This is a famous pranam to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, what do you think of when you hear that verse? What do you think of? So I knew he had something special in mind. I thought, I don't know, you, know, you tell me. What, what, what am I supposed to be thinking of? And he said, Rupa Goswami, the author of the verse. Hmm? What, you know, this came out of, it was very nice, I thought, idea. the verse has come out of him. What is he about? And he has given us the verse that our focus should be on him. Hmm? This is the way and so forth. So 
we chant the pranam to Vrindavan Das. He, he, he empowered by Nityananda Prabhu. He gave us so much about Gorlila. What did he give us about Gorlila? He gave us Navadweep. This is why Vrindavan Das defers to, to or excuse me, Krishna Das defers to Vrindavan Das. Krishna Das book is more excellent in some respects, Chaitanya Charitamrita, than Chaitanya Bhagavat. More excellent in its language, sophistication, its philosophy, its theology, hmm? and it's the full uh, uh, heart's experience of Rupa Goswami hmm? in pen as to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about. This is what Krishnadas has done. It's so extraordinary. And that book, of course, is kind of the, 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 the book that brought together the whole sampradaya of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, some different ideas and experiences of what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and some of them were, were acceptable and orthodox, some were heterodox, and so forth. It, it, this book uh, seeks to resolve that in a way and, and help to very much to form a sampradaya. So it's very sophisticated and very deep and rich with Madhurasa and so forth. We don't find that in Vrindavan Das's book hmm? to this, in the same measure. But why Krishna Das has deferred repeatedly in his own book to Vrindavan Das? Just because he came before him? Hmm? Or, did he have, or did he have a real appreciation for what Vrindavan Das had written? Hmm? It's the latter. What has he written? He has, he has, he has taken us into the Navadvip pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? This, is, this is the goal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, to enter into the kirtan at the, in the courtyard of Srivast Thakur, to sit on the bank of the Ganges hmm, with Krishna and his, and his, and his classmates. Vrindavan hmm? writes about this. Hmm? And they're debating and discussing on the bank of the Ganges. And he says, oh, my heart aches hmm, that I was not born at a time where I could take part in He came like just, just after. I could not take part in that. Hmm? In those that I could not be one of those students on the bank of the Ganges with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in that circle. Hmm? He said, "There I see Krishna and all of his friends on the bank of the Jamuna. Hmm? This is my ideal." He prays. He makes a statement. He said, "What can I say about this?" Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu seated on the bank of the Ganges with his friends. Hmm? What can I compare it to? I could I, I could compare it to the moon and the stars, but that would be faulty. Why? Because the moon itself has spots and faults, and he is spotless. And any one of his devotees can light up the night. The stars, all of them together, can't light up the night. But even one of them can light the whole night. If I could have the association of one of them only. My life would be perfect. He prays like this. So what can I compare? He's, he's seeing this. He's, he's remembering this. He, he, he's, he, he missed it. But he got good association. And he knows what it's about. He's describing it. Hmm? This is, of course, one aspect. But the speciality of Vrindavan's book is the Navadvip pastime. It's not Puri. It's not Mahaprabhu's ecstasy in Puri that that only a few people can get close to and so forth, that is all meant for entering into Navadweep. Hmm? 
Mahaprabhu's Leela began in Shiva's of, of Sankirtan and Shiva's house. He came out of there to give it to the people and taught how you can enter in there, and there you will find that is Gupta Vrindavan. Inside Nabadweep is Vrindavan. If you look deeply at Krishna Leela, you will find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The more you look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, the more you find Krishna Leela. Vrindavan is, does is looking at Krishna Leela, at Gaur Leela, and he's seeing Krishna Leela. He said, what can I compare that to? I mean, he really, such, with such feeling, you read this, you, you'll just be amazed how he feels. I, I'm envisioning Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the bank of the Ganges with his associates, and I'm seeing, what, what can I compare? I cannot compare it to the moon and the stars. That would be just inappropriate in every way. I could compare Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's like a guru to his students there, teaching them as a Brahmin, Brahmin boy, I could compare to Brihaspati, hmm? the guru of the gods. If there was the best guru, maybe the gods have the best guru, but, but Brihaspati is partial, he says, to the gods. Hmm? And this one is impartial. He's given to everybody. Hmm? What can I say about him? Hmm? How can I compare him? I could compare him to Cupid. But that won't work, because Cupid only agitates the heart. Hmm? But when his vision and persona enters my heart, it becomes peaceful, calm. It becomes excited, but but in a beautiful way. Hmm? He said, "But there's one thing I can compare it to." Hmm? And then he says such a nice verse. I I I brought it here for you. Kalindit Kalindit Tire Jain Sri Nandu Kumar Gopavrinda Madhyavasi Kurilobihar Say Gopavrinda Say Krishna Chandra Lai Krishna Chandra Guji Dvija Rupe Ganga Tire Kareranga He says This is something I can compare it to It's not anything of this world But I can make a comparison Krishna and his and, and his associates sitting on the banks of the Jumuna, in the forest of Vrindavan, in concentric circles. He's going to Brahma Vimohan Leela. They're surrounded by so many cowherds in intimacy. This, this ideal. That is, that is, a, that is a fair, fair comparison. Gaur is Krishna. And, this is, this is the speciality of Vrindavanas' book. Now, if you read the book carefully, hmm, you will find attraction to Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Navadvip. Hmm? You want to get that. Hmm? You can get this, you get a little, something sticks there. Attraction to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Navadvip, your life will be successful. Hmm? Yeah. It's easier also. It's easier to relate to even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu than Krishna Leela hmm? because he's in the form of a sadhaka this is sadhaka Siddhabhumi, a land where siddhas are playing as sadhakas and teaching by their example hmm? if you read that this is why Vrindavan why Krishna Das defers to him hmm? he says I'm going to talk about things he didn't talk about all this philosophy and so forth and theology is very beautiful and charming and it's all meant to help us go there hmm? And this is where Vrindavanas has given his his, his, his his emphasis. And I many years ago, 
Someone was asking me about events in my life that changed my life many years ago. I maybe almost 35 some years ago, I heard the first time a godbrother of mine, a Chaitananda Maharaj, he had made some tapes of the descriptions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Navadvip from, from Chaitanya Bhagwat. He would chant the Bengali and speak it, and I would listen to those, and it changed my life forever. Hmm. Completely melted to hear such descriptions. Hmm. It's a, it, this, a, this can happen to us. Our, this will change the course of our life forever. And if you come, as Puchapachiramar said, it's the only way to go, of course, but if you come from Navadvip, hmm, to Vrindavan, you come on very good recommendation. Where are you coming from? From Navadvip. Let him in. Something like that. Open the doors. Hmm. Hmm. This is the way. Hmm. So so beautiful, so charming. And, and, and Krishna Das also, Kavli Rush has also done, when he explained Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Beda Kirtan pastimes in, in Jagannath Puri, and Mahaprabhu formed four groups of Kirtan. Hmm? And they circumambulated the Jagannath temple. Hmm? And in the four groups, they were surrounded in the four directions, and he was in the center, dancing hmm? madly. And then he, uh, then he stopped, and he appointed four devotees for chanting. Nityananda Prabhu will chant in one group, and Advaita in another, and Trivas in another, and Bhakrishvara in another. Hmm? Then they told them all, dance, and the devotees chanted. And there were two murdangas in each group, eight pairs of cartels playing in each group, and four groups and four dancers. And then in each group during the kirtan, Mahaprabhu wanted to see how the dancing was going. So he entered into each group at the same time. And everybody knew something extraordinary is happening. He is in all groups. They knew it but they also only knew practically, they knew it in their mind, but practically they knew only, he's only in our group and he's only looking at me. He's giving all of his attention to me. Hmm? And their hearts are melting. Hmm? And, and Krishnadas says, he, he, just, he, just, he just quotes a verse, he, or it's his own verse, he says, similar hmm, Pulina Bojane, hmm? enjoying on the banks of the Jumuna, cowards surrounding Krishna in concentric circles, hmm? and each one hmm, feels that Krishna is looking at me. He's giving all of his attention to me. Hmm? And each one is right. Hmm? Sanatana says in another place in Bhagavad Bhagavatamrita, each coward thinks Krishna loves me the most. And each one is right. Hmm? Uh, so this, this is what, this is some kind of, how you say, vision. Vrindavan hmm? yeah. Das is sharing, Krishna Das is, is sharing this idea. Hmm? Here in Bhagavad, Sukadeva is describing it. Brahma is marveling at it. Hmm? Hmm. We should, if we have some interest in this, we hold this kind of ideal and chant Krishna Nam. Hmm? This will be very helpful for your practice. Hmm? Any question? Yes. This may be a basic question that you have answered 
previously, but why is uh, Sakya Bhava, or, or let me say, why, why is following the, the coward boys considered Sambandha, Sambandhanuka rather than Kamuka? Because the coward boys, they don't really have a formal connection with Krishna. They're just friends. Right. They could just as well be like ordinary boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rather than a family connection or a teacher-student relationship that's formal, yeah, something formal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the idea is in comparison mm, to the gopi's love, for which there is no scope, parakia, paramor love. Mm-hmm. That's not a valid uh, relationship. Friendship is a valid relationship in comparison. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kamanugas, I mean, they're just out of, they use the word comets, like out of lust. But of course, it's spiritual. Um, and and Swakiya would be, okay, well, that's a valid relationship comparatively. So out of all of, this is the only one that has, there's no place for it. There's a place for friendship. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But, it doesn't carry with it the same type of reasoning, same type of mandate in a sense that parental love does. It doesn't carry with it the same type of mandate for loving, if you will, the reason for loving that um, this servitude to the master does. And of course, there are aspects of it that extend into Anurag and Mahabhav like the Gopi's love. In that sense, overall, it, it, it exceeds the excellence of Vatsalyaras if you look at it comprehensively in all aspects of it. And um, so, yeah, it's a little different, but that's the idea. You had a question? No. Yes? Um, my question is slightly um, changing topic, but I would like to really know, uh, was ever any popular sports, like was he ever, before he accepts Sanyas, was he ever mentioned that he was like fan of a popular sport, contemporary to his times, like I don't know, football or whatever else. Okay. And also this question relates to Sridhar was he ever mentioned? Uh, I don't know about... I mean, to, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know of Prabhupada mentioning that. Um, he did mention that he liked Charlie Chaplin movies. I, I I know that. Um, he at different times expressed affinity for for different types of music. Hmm. Um, I don't know of any instance of him speaking about um, sports per se. Um, he, he did tell his disciples that swimming and wrestling were good. Um, so, but I would imagine that he liked. Football, soccer, cricket. Uh, Sridhar Marsh liked soccer. I know that. 
Which team? <laughs> what was his favorite team? I yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure of that detail, yeah. Yes? Because you mentioned uh, Gopala Champu, and in that book, Goswami is writing that ultimately the copies they get married with Krishna. Yeah. So for what purpose he is fighting that? Uh, well, there could be different reasons, but um, the tradition has largely, the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition of Acharyas have reasoned that. Um, and incidentally, it's not the only place he writes it. He writes it in the Brahma Samhita commentary. He writes it in, in uh, I think, Krishna Sandarbha. Um, you know, everywhere he writes, he writes it. Madhav Mahotsava. Everywhere. So, um, at the same time, of course, he's a student of Rupa Goswami, and Rupa Goswami's in Parakiyavada, and he's writing about Swakiyavad, apparently. So um, the the tradition tried to harmonize that, and what they came up with, what the devotees came up with, the Acharyas, is that that Jiva Goswami wrote about um, Swakiya um, for the sake of some people could not not digest Parakiya. And... um, and there's a place for that in Krishna Leela also, outside of Gokul, in Golok. Um, but his own personal conviction was for, was for Parakya. And I think in his commentary on um, Ujbal Nilmani, where he also writes about Swakya, he also ends it with a verse that some of the things I've written here are um, for the sake of others and some of the things are my own opinion. So that, I think, is taken as an important verse where he's saying in some kind of coded way that some people couldn't digest this, so I've written about it like that, and my own opinion is different, and it is is in in concert with Rupa Goswami and so forth. That's the way we've been taught to think about Jiva Goswami's writing. And... um, Someone might find that hard to digest because he writes so so strongly about it, but then we don't know what the community was like at the time of devotees and Parakya Abhav is is a little easier for us to digest <laughs> in the modern times than it was in in, in in those days. And the fact that God would be involved in Parakya was arguably pretty large leap for people to take. So the thought is that he provided some kind of bridge on the one hand. And on the other hand, um, while writing about Swakya, it's also thought that he is emphasizing the the Siddhanta. Jiva Goswami's writing is is mixed with Bhava and Tattva. 
It's a very nice combination. Hmm? He'll write about the Leela and then he'll give some tattva and so forth. And back in, 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 in the Bob and showcase the feelings, in other words. And, and then he'll give some tattva. And then, so his writing is full of that. And Gopal Champu is full of that. Hmm? Um, so the other idea is that the siddhanta, the tattva, the truth, from one point of view, from a philosophical point of view, is that Krishna is married to Radha. Krishna is married to the husbands of the gopis. What to speak of the gopis? Hmm? Because all of everyone is prakriti and he is the purusha. Lakshmi, Shahasra, Sattva, It also means there's one purusha and then there's everyone else's prakriti. Hmm? In that sense, everyone's a Lakshmi. Sometimes we say everyone's feminine. Hmm? Because uh, the prakriti is feminine, the purusha is the male, to use English terms. Hmm? So everyone's a servant of Krishna. Hmm? And and therefore, then that answer is given in the Bhagavatam when Parikshit Maharaj asks, how can it be that Krishna, who is the very prince of Dharma, the bridge of Dharma, he can be with other people's wives? And Sukadeva says, well, he's actually married to the, he's the, he's the wife, he's the husband of the gopis' husbands as well. <laughs> he's everybody's husband. He's the putti, he's the master, he, he, that's the reality. And so from a point of view of philosophy, there, there, uh, then Radha is only with Krishna. She's not with anybody else. Hmm? But there's an illusion, a theological illusion that she's with somebody else. And that illusion gives pleasure to Krishna. And so we give it a lot of credence. Hmm? And we call it the essence of Dharma because Dharma is characterized by or measured by the extent to which it pleases Bhagwan, Sanksidir Haritoshanam. So that because this this gives great bliss to Krishna, this parakya, this the excitement of that and so forth, then we say it, that this is the highest ideal. But it is it is it is a, it is a, it's an illusion. Hmm. I mean, it's 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 a different than a material illusion. It's, a, it's an illusion of substance and value. Hmm? It's a play. Hmm? So if you look at the drama and you say, oh, well, it's only a drama, hmm? then no problem. You know, this guy got killed, but it's only a drama, something like that. So there's, there's two ways to look at the Krishna. The one point is from the Siddhanta, and then you kind of take the life out of it and so forth, and you, and you understand it philosophically. And then the other way is to talk about it from the point of view of Bhava and forget the Siddhanta, and then... And, it's more relishable. Hmm? So the Siddhanta is that is, in one sense, that Radha is married to Krishna. Indeed, the husband of Radha is another particular manifestation of Krishna, a partial manifestation of Krishna also. So, yeah. Uh, how can, how close to Krishna in a relationship, like family relationship, can be liberated Jiva after reaching Golok? Uh, because we see usually from the Shastras, that Krishna is dealing with his eternal parikaras. Hmm. Uh, like, uh, for example, in, um, although he has unlimited uh, amount of friend, he is dealing with Sudama, Subala, and the same with Gopi, what to speak of his parents. Yeah. So, uh, if, uh, how, 
How, yeah. How close can because, we get? Manifestation of Svarupa Shakti. Yeah. And we are Tatashta Shakti. So how close in bodily relationship can we be uh, Tatashta Shakti in the spiritual world? Yeah. Jak blisko Krysznie, ale szczególnie mi chodzi o pokrewieństwo, może być wyzwolona żywa istota z tego świata po osiągnięciu świata duchowego, dlatego że z świat generalnie widzimy, że Kryszna no na swoje rozrywki z jego bliskimi, wiecznymi towarzyszami, które, którzy są manifestacją yy, stanu posiakty. Więc jak blisko ta też szakty może być spokrewniona na przykład z Kryszną w świecie duchowym. So the entourage of Krishna, like Subal, Sridam, Yashoda, Nanda, hmm, Lalita, Vishaka, and so forth, and different rasas, these are all that's what they are, they're ras they're bhavas, that's what they are, they're bhavas. So in Rag Bhakti then we at- we attain that bhava. Hmm? Hmm. As much as you have that bhava, hmm, you are as close as they are. Hmm? That's the idea. Their names are singled out. They are the Suprashakti. They are the Ragatmikas. There is some difference in the Leela. Hmm? That you, the, 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 by which the the Surup, the the the, the uh, Sadhana Siddhas will be differentiated from the Parikars of Krishna. Hmm? Very slight difference, but the difference is only some difference in, in, in engagement, but the experience of being with Krishna is, in, is not lacking. That's why I say each coward feels Krishna loves him the most, each one is right. Hmm? Sitting there, each, with the, each coward felt Krishna is giving me all of his attention. In Rasalila, each one is feeling Krishna is with me. Hmm? Um, at the same time, hmm? Subal, Sridam, they have thousands and thousands of, of assistants who are all in their bhava. Hmm? Raganuga Bhakti means to follow the Ragatmika. So the following doesn't stop. Hmm? Uh, you become a Ragatmika, that's true, but by, you're following a rag, Ragatmika. So they have, if you develop in Sakyaras, then you become like uh, uh, like. For example, in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, hmm, this Gopu Kumar, who's on his journey, hmm, spiritual journey, via his mantra, hmm, through the vehicle of his mantra, he ends up in Sakyarasa, in, in, in Vrindavan. Hmm. Krishna takes him in hmm, and then brings him home. He appears just in the morning leela, just as Krishna's out going out to herd cows, uh, about about to herd cows, and and just before breakfast, and and he enters the leela. Hmm. Krishna takes him home, and and so he, he sits him down at the table, and there are so many other cowherds; they're all there, they're all taking the breakfast together. Radhika has cooked and so forth, and there's Sarup. This is his spiritual name, Sarup, and he's taking it all in and trying to like feel his way, how it works and so forth. And some very nice ladus are put on Krishna's plate. Hmm? And Krishna tastes them and goes, ugh! 
Ugh. And Nanda Maharaj, what? You showed him my heart is good. What happened? And Radhika's like, she cooked it. What, did she put salt instead of sugar in the ladu? How could Radharani do such a thing? And, so, and, and Sarup's looking, what's going on, you know? And, and, then, and then Krishna takes it and throws it on his plate. And so he takes it and eats, and it's delicious. <laughs> and he realizes, oh, he's just playing like this. <laughs> and, 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 and he threw it on my plate. Hmm? He gave it to me. And the implication that he understood was, I'm in the family of, 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 of Radhika and Sridham. Hmm? That's where I belong. Hmm? Sridham is the brother of Radha. Hmm? So I'm, this, he's telling me, my, showing me my place. This is how he read the whole affair. Hmm? Now, how many brothers does Sridham and Radha have? We, we hear Radha has a brother named Sridham, has a sister named... Uh, what is her name? Hmm. Manjuri. Um, hmm. Sister of Radharani. Uh, Anang Manjuri. Hmm. So, okay, so, all right. Now, but now we find, oh, Sarup's also a brother. How many others are there? <laughs> there are millions. Uh, so, so it's just talked about in a particular way to, to give us some handle on that, like an outline, like a table of contents, something like that. The other thing is the whole book, and you have to enter in there, and you have a page, and yes, you could become the brother of Radharani. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a, a possible, and so forth. And so, um, then, then, then there will be groups within groups within groups and group leaders and, and so forth. But your question is, you know, all that, how close you know, do you get? You get, you get real close. <laughs> uh, in two ways. In two ways. One way in which sometimes there's actually direct service for Krishna. Or, for example, in that Leela of Coward Leela we're talking about, each one is there and he's looking at each one at the same time and giving all attention. They feel that. Hmm? And, and sometimes it's also indirect hmm? through service of Subal and so forth, then they get the window of, the, of, of his experience. Hmm? But indirect is direct in Gaudiya Vaishnavism also. Hmm? So, you know, there's nothing, uh, and, 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 you know, who are these people? Hmm? Who is Subal, Vishaka, Lalita, so forth? To be close to them. It's, it's what it means to be close to Krishna. There is no Krishna without them. Hmm? So, it's quite, quite close. <laughs> quite close. All right, so we'll stop there. We'll answer. Okay. Three questions. You want to, could you ask him this evening? Yeah. Yeah, so this evening we'll ask for questions. What's the time now? No? Oh, okay. All right, what are your questions? <laughs> Yeah, one is uh, about um, uh, Mahabharat. About what? Mahabharat. Mahabharat. Yeah. And there is, um, um, there is a, a situation described in, in Mahabharat, 
chariot touches uh, the ground mm. uh, after he lied about Ashfaqim. And, um, and uh, it is said that because he uh, said something that had like double meaning, it was enough to be taken as a lie. So that's why this chariot uh, touched the ground. But before, uh, there was one instance uh, uh, when Yudhishthira uh, Maharaj said, uh, before, just before entering Virata kingdom, uh, he said that uh, they had hanged uh, some, uh, hand, uh, some uh, weapons yeah, wrapped in white cloth on the tree and there was somebody passing by and asked uh, what, what is that thing hanging on the tree and he said it was uh, that mother's body. So it was a lie. So it seems like he lied before. So is there any explanation for that? Okay. <laughs> What's it? Oh, well, I never read the Mahabharat. <laughs> so I don't know the answer. <laughs> but uh, there must be some explanation. He's yeah, he's very truthful, Yudhisthira Maharaj, but uh, I never read it, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and uh, another question is about Mayapur. Um, I guess it will be short, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what about people born in Mayapur as a place, physically born um, Mayapur? Uh, are they in any way special? It doesn't matter whether they are born, they could be just regular people, normal. We are taught to think that there's a, it's a special birth, whether whether they take advantage of it or not, and whether we can take advantage of them. That's that's other considerations. So um, even in the time of Krishna Leela, we find in in the Doms there were also persons who were born that like Kamsa was. I guess born in Matura, <laughs> uh, so there could be some some pious people and impious people, I suppose. But the general idea is that be, to be born in the Dom, like Mayapur Vrindavan, this is very auspicious. Certainly, it's auspicious from the point of view of the opportunity that's afforded uh, you and the cultural sensibility that you imbibe and so forth. That um, that is so, con- in one sense, conducive. To understanding something about Gaudiya Vaishnavism that does appear in a, in the cultural context of of Bengal hmm? and expresses itself in that cultural context, although it transcends it, hmm? it's still the vehicle through which it was most um, expressed, and so arguably to have that cultural sensibility gives you a uh, a facility uh, to to enter into the the, the spirit of it to, uh, more readily than, for example, someone born in another another culture. Hmm? 
What about them? You ask about what about them? Depends why they left. <laughs> uh, but not everybody takes advantage of their birth, and you know, like, the, well, like there's, for example, the saying. I, I know a fellow saying that if you if you if you take birth as an animal in the dom, then in the next life, when you die, the next life you go back to Godhead. Hmm? It said. If you, if you were to take, take die in Vrindavan or Mayapur, hmm, and, is, uh, and then take birth as an and commit let's say let's say if you stay in the dom and you're sinful, then you'll be born as an animal in the dom, hmm. and then in the next life, the animal doesn't commit any sin, so then you go back to Godhead. And so I met a guy and he was this was his idea. I'll stay here. I'm not, I. I even if I commit sins, I'll get born as an animal, and then next birth I'll be going back to God, and you'll be, still be doing your practice somewhere. Hmm? So this was his idea. I said, yeah, you ever see those pigs in Vrindavan that they take to Delhi? So to be die as a pig in Delhi was, would not be a very good idea. Some pigs are born in Vrindavan, but they take them to Delhi, um, and then they die there. But besides that, of course... Um, this is not the way to enter Vrindavan. You might go back to Godhead, but you're not going to go to Vrindavan. There's a way to go there. There's a way to enter the Brother Leela. It's not dying as a pig in Vrindavan or a goat or something like that. Uh, even Lakshmi couldn't go there. You know. So this is not the way. There's a way to go. So, But anyway, the birth there is not a good opportunity. Hmm? And it's indicative of something in the past, whether that will, uh, to whatever extent, bear fruit in this life in the form of you taking advantage of the opportunity that remains to be seen. So we explain it like that, and and the, the many statements about the glory of the inhabitants of Vrindavan and so on and so forth, we tend to think of it in terms of living in Vrindavan or Navadvip in terms of the consciousness that corresponds with those actual domain, uh, abodes. Hmm? Um, and, and so that's the way we kind of adjust for the uh, what, uh, what appears to be uh, a situation where sinful people are people in the Dom, some of them more, more materialistic than people from outside the Dom. Then we may say, well, they're not really in the Dom. There's the protomai. They're on the surface of the Dom. Hmm? And they're not really... The Dom is... You know, it's, it's, it's a consciousness. So hmm. those people are worshipable. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, that question is, um, what inspired you... In Sri Maharaj, because I can feel, I, I don't know, I think I'm one, that you have a special connection with Sri Maharaj, you feel special for him. Could you share briefly what connected and how are you connected to Sri Maharaj? And well,
Well, I would say that uh, the generosity of Sridhar Maharaj hmm, was very compelling. Of course, his wisdom, insight, um, his poetic um, expressions uh, were all very charming. Um, his simplicity, Brahminical kind of simplicity, um, and the intimacy of the setting in which we were able to take advantage of his association were all very wonderful, but the overriding uh, factor that uh, about him that really brought me into his circle of his, of his association was his uh, affectionate nature. And I mean, he was very balanced. He was very uh, nuanced. Um, he was very much a harmonizer. Those are all very extraordinary qualities of his scholar. Um, but he was extremely uh, affectionate, and particularly so towards the disciples of Prabhupada. Even so, that it, I saw that if his affection for the disciples of Prabhupada exceeded the affection for his own disciples in some instances. Hmm? So what Prabhupada's disciple, Prabhupada, his, his, his contribution meant very much to Sridhar Maharaj to see these, um, uh, his Western students and so forth take this up and, and the extent to which they took it up with such enthusiasm and the measure of their conviction for Prabhupada. It was all very fascinating to him uh, to see that. And um, he was, uh, I would say, so much uh, in support of that that even his affection for the disciples of Prabhupada in instances exceeded the affection for his own disciples. He seemed to take them more almost more seriously at, at, at times. He once sat with us, a few of us, and said, if only I was younger and I had all of you, we could do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I experienced w- once when I went for, to visit with him, he asked if there were any news, and these were the times when... Uh, what was happening in Iskand, what his future would be, was within the balance, so to speak. And um, and and I I had news that three of Iskand's gurus had left, but I didn't want to tell him because I knew it would break his heart. But he had heard it, but it wasn't confirmed, and I was just coming from the West. So I avoided the topic, tried to tell him some other good news and so forth. But he said, but I've heard this, is it true? And I had to confirm that. And tears streamed down his eyes, and he was, he was so, and he spoke so uh, in a heartfelt way about Prabhupada, his contribution, what it means to be connected to someone like Prabhupada and Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and the fact that they thought that people would go away from that was just un- unbearable for him, absolutely unbearable. Hmm? So it was very... Um, very endearing to see that. I had the unfortunate experience of being um, 
in, in ISKCON and having affinity for Sridhar Marsh, had having read one of his books and realized, oh, here's this the answer and so forth. And then we made it, those who had published the book who were outside of ISKCON, this was like 1984 or something like that, they, we got together and I was famous in ISKCON, so they advised to stay in ISKCON quietly and try to influence people. Sridhar Marsh, we thought it would just be a matter of, you know, a couple months and everybody would understand. Sridhar Marsh was the natural Siksha guru for us that could guide us. And so I was doing that, and then I got found out by somebody that I was um, preaching and glorifying Sridhar Marsh. And so um, the GBC wanted to talk to me about it, so they, they interviewed me. And um, in those days, they were th- they were um, thinking that there might be other persons who could be gurus in the society and so forth. So they said they were they were, they wanted to interview me in that regard, but they really wanted to find out what was my connection with Sridhar Marsh. So they said, "We've heard you're reading Sridhar Marsh's books," and I said, "Yes, that's a fact." And and they said, "Why are you reading those books?" I said, "Because it's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I find it you know." Nourishing and, and so on and so forth, and then I, and then I then I said to him, I said, but beyond that, um, this is the way I feel, hmm? and uh, what what had happened is I had started to read the books, and then I was going to go to Sri Sri Marsh, but then the other disciples of mine who were out of Iskon who had published the book said, no, don't go now, go you know in my poor time something like that, now do this, go here and try to preach you know on behalf of Sridhar Marsh, where he can find a receptive ear in Iskand. Like I said, like I, said so I was doing that. And then in, um, and when the GBC called me, uh, so I hadn't gone to see Sridhar Marsh, but I was committed, listening to his tapes. I had like 400 tapes of Sridhar Marsh. I listened to them all day long, <laughs> what I did. And, um, and so I felt so much affection. I could see from his speech the way he, the tone of his boy, how he was dealing with the devotees, how much care he had for them, how much concern he had for their spiritual life. And so I was very, felt very sheltered by that. And, and he was very old and he was like 80% blind, but he would sit and give his time to them and some of the questions were very stupid and foolish and so forth. So he would give long answers, explain everything and take the time to make sure it was understood and so forth. And I, I was, saw so much compassion in him, so much affection. And so when the GBC pressed on me, I said, well, you want the truth, this is how I feel. I said, I feel like this, that I, I'm Tripper Marsh. everybody in Iskand knows me, I'm famous. Hmm. There's not no devotee that doesn't know who I am and what my contribution is. And if I was to leave today the mission... I don't think that any of you in this room would come after me. That's how I feel. I said, I haven't met Sridhar Marsh personally, but I feel that if someone was to tell him, Tripurari Marsh, he's such and such sannyasi disciple of Prabhupada, now he has left the mission, that Sridhar Marsh would send someone after me. That's how I feel. That's why I listen to him. And that's why I'm not listening to you. <laughs> that's what I told him. <laughs> And none of them said, no, we would go after you. They just sat there silently. So I thought, well, that's confirmed. <laughs> that's how they feel. <laughs> and that's, I joined for affection. Prabhupada had showed me so much affection. Hmm? I mean, I can't 
talk about it. <laughs> so to feel that from someone else, this is why we get involved hmm, on the basis of that. So that was uh, how I could understand. Oh, this is coming from the same tree. These are two fruits, two leaves coming from the same tree. They've fallen and the wind has taken them in different places. Hmm. And from those environments, they're speaking. But, and so it may sound a little differently, but the leaf is from the same tree. Hmm. Yes, tree of love, hmm. praying, affection, kindness, and so on. This was very much what drew me to him. Does that help? Yeah. Puja Padbhakti Rakshak Sridhadeva Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Bhakti Vinod Paribhara Ki Jai Kaur Nityananda Ki Jai Radha Govinda Ki Jai Krishna Balaram Ji Ki Jai Kaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Ji